Today, I'm sharing with you the four things and some of the quick fixes that you can do to get more energy. If you are the queen of fatigue, if you are the master of being tired, this is the episode for you. I'm sharing with you actionable, easy things that you can implement to give you more energy ASAP. So let's get on. Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezia Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. Today we are going to be talking about energy and how to get more of it. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if you had 50% more energy than what you do now? What? Would your life look like? Maybe you'd actually start that hobby or do yoga or finish that house renovation or that crocheted thing. Maybe you'd see your friends more. Maybe you'd hang out with your family more. Maybe you'd be able to volunteer. Maybe you'd be able to go back to uni. What would you do if you had more energy? I mean, you could do a lot. I'm telling you. And that's what we're talking about today. I'm talking about the four things that you can do. Sorry, I just squidged on my chair there. It might have sounded like a fart. I didn't, I didn't fart. Although obviously I do fart, guys. Everyone farts. But that wasn't a fart. But anyway, I'm talking about the four things that you can do and sharing some quick fixes and nifty things for anyone that wants more energy in your life. Whether you are a chronic fatigue person or whether you just think it would be good to have more energy, these things are going to apply to you. Yay. And um, how are you doing? This is fun. I'm excited to be back podcasting. For those of you that are new to the podcast, hi, welcome. Make sure you go back and listen to the oodles of other podcast episodes we have. There's so much good stuff here. For those of you that have been listening for ages, hi, thank you for still being here. Currently, I'm releasing a podcast every two weeks still, but I, as soon as I um, get back to work more, I will go back to it every week. I'm just kind of merging slowly out of maternity leave. And when, you know, just slowly doing that um, because I work for myself and I get to. And for those of you that are new, I have had twins recently, hence being on maternity leave. So I'm just adjusting to life with a toddler and with twin girls. And uh, yeah, which is some days it's like terrible and hard and I'm just crying and bawling and thinking, oh my gosh. And then other days it's great. But I think that's probably a fair summary of parenting, isn't it? Moments in the day that you're like, oh, I love them so much. Oh, my gosh. And then other moments you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm just going to go and lock myself in the toilet and put noise cancelling headphones in. I think that's just parenting. Yeah. So that's been happening here. The girls are doing really well. I feel like I'm slowly recovering. I am um, just started back with little bits of um, postpartum friendly exercise because guys, I'm chomping at the bit to go running again. I'm one of those weird people that loves running, but I'm only 12 weeks postpartum. So, um, and still a few pelvic floor issues going on. So I am going to wait, but I'm doing all my physio work and chiropractic stuff to get myself strong and ready for whenever my body is ready to get outside and run. Um, and I'm uh, starting back with my first client, my first client session in a few months this week, which I'm so excited about. So if you are wanting to work with me, heads up, I booked, I was fully booked before I went on maternity leave by a couple of months. And I imagine I'll book up quickly again. I've got a 
more people on my waitlist than I can work with. So if you do want to work with me soon and before price increase, I will be increasing my prices probably in the middle of the summer, end of the summer. If you want to get in there before I increase my prices, because I'm just tweaking my program slightly, then do it now because you'll save yourself about at least 500 quid, maybe 700 quid. I haven't quite decided. So you'll have some decent savings. So do that, keziohall.com, just click the work with me page, follow the instructions there. We can book a call, we can chat, and I can let you know if I can help, guys. And if I can't help, I'll tell you. These aren't like hard sales calls. It's not like I'm going to force you to work with me. It's literally just a chat to see, yep, I can help you. No, I don't think this is right fit for you. Simple. Okay, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else in my life to update you with. Um, I've just bought some new leggings. I'm excited about. Guys, trying to find postpartum clothes. I think I complained about this last time. Anyway, uh, and uh, a continuous blood glucose monitor. Very excited about that. Don't worry, I'll do a whole podcast on it. Very excited to check that out. Um, I'm about to run a stool test. You know, this, the whole household right now is just a barrel of laughs. It really is. It's just poo and sick everywhere. It really is. So on that note, let's get on with the show. So I'm guessing basically everybody would love some more energy. Am I right? I mean, I've yet to meet someone who's like, no, I have, I have sufficient energy. I couldn't possibly have any more energy. I have just the perfect amount. Most of the time, as a holistic nutritionist, people are telling me that they are tired. They're tired when they're waking up. They're tired after breakfast. They're tired between 2 and 5 p.m. They're so tired at bedtime, but sometimes can't get to sleep, that their muscles feel tired, their joints feel tired, their brain feels foggy. They are tired. So what are we going to do about that? Because feeling tired is actually a symptom and I dare say it, it's optional. It's your body telling you something's going on. And to really summarize, if you just take one thing, if you have persistent fatigue, it's basically your body telling you there's some sort of inflammation happening on a really big picture, basic level. That's what's happening. But today, obviously, in true Kezia fashion, I'm going to be drilling down more in more detail of what that is. And we're going to go through four things that are going to help you to fix your energy and increase your energy. So we're going to look at a couple of the different things. And actually, number four is going to be some quick fixes. So what are some of the quick, easy things that you can do right now that I am doing right now with uh, as the mother of two, uh, why? I was going to say of two newborn twins. But if I just, I always say that. I'm still getting used to the fact that I have twins, guys. Um, well, I just need to say newborn twins because twins are always two. Obviously, I don't have three twins. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> you can tell my brain's a bit tired. But that's why I'm recording this episode. I am in this with you. So I'm talking about these things, are actually all the stuff that I'm doing and focusing on and all the stuff that I talk to my clients with. Because I deal a lot with the, my um, private clients, a lot with things like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, um, ME, and thyroid issues. Basically, everyone I'm working with is tired. <laughs> so this is something I've missed with. And actually for myself, I definitely have, um, I've never been officially diagnosed with chronic fatigue, but I do have a very chronic fatigue 
kind of history and that can still come back and bite me on the butt sometimes. So what can you do about it? Let's dive in. Right, so number one, this is the main thing. And I'd actually say this kind of goes at the top. This is like the big overarching foundation that you cannot forget. Um, And then some of the other things are quicker, fixed kind of practical stuff. But you've got to figure out your root cause of the fatigue. So essentially, ask yourself, why? Why are you so tired? What's going on? Is it a lifestyle thing? Are you working two jobs and night shifts and, you know, you've actually got some physical circumstances in your life? You know, you've got a newborn, you are working late, working full time and doing a your master's degree like I was a few years ago. You know, you might have physical circumstances that are could be contributing to you being tired. So that can be one thing. Other, other things to look at and ask yourself why is... In, in as part of asking why, sorry, is looking at, okay, is your thyroid working well? Is there, are you, um, is there inflammation in the body? Have you got sore joints as well? Is there bloating? Is there um, brain fog happening? Do you have an autoimmune condition? Do you have any other diagnoses? Are you on certain medications? A lot of these things, the side effects uh, of certain medications can be fatigue, but all of those things indicate there's inflammation going on in your body. So if you really want to transform your energy, you need to get to the root cause of why. And a great way of, um, as an example of this, I had a client just before um, I went on maternity leave who had for probably 15, 20 years been struggling with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, um, and a couple of other things, IBS, a couple of other stuff, and had not really been helped along the way, not really been given much of a reason for why. So essentially we did this. We looked at all of her symptoms. You know, there was a lot of tiredness, a lot of sore, achy limbs and muscles, a lot of pain, um, a lot of fatigue. There was hormonal imbalances, digestive stuff, all of this kind of thing. And we actually started to look at why. And for this particular client, we did a little bit of genetic testing that she'd already had done. She brought that with me, which showed a propensity for her body, um, to basically be more inclined to create inflammation and not very good at clearing it, all those inflammatory proteins in the body. I'll just, I'm not going into more depth than that, but she had a certain genetic mutation that kind of meant she struggled to clear some of these inflammatory proteins because inflammation, you know, looks like something, if, if that makes sense. It's a cellular reality. It's not just a thought or a thing that us nutritionists say, oh, there's so much inflammation going on. Like your body needs to be able to clear out inflammation. She had a bit of a genetic propensity that meant she struggled with that. But genetics aren't everything. You know, genetics load the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. So your genes are kind of important and also not at the same time. Um, so we looked at that. We also ran a gut test with her and her gut was a bit of a mess. There was lots of bacterial overgrowth, some yeast overgrowth, some imbalances, lack of diversity, poor digestion, various things going on. And we also ran a hormone panel with her and she had a lot of um, imbalances with her estrogen, uh, which meant she basically... Um, her body was struggling to clear estrogen from from itself in terms of detoxify and her body preferred a very inflammatory um, metabolism of estrogen. Again, that's basic 
um, putting it down. We ran So that was a Dutch test we ran with her, which is a dried uh, urine hormone test. We ran a gut test, which is called the GI360, and she already had genetic testing. And we also ran a thyroid test with her, where we tested her antibodies, TSH, T4, T3, um, along with things like vitamin D, folate, B12, iron, those kinds of things. So we did a full workup with her um, because she was honest, you know, as you can imagine, having struggled with this for 15 years, she was ready to figure out what the heck was going on. And we really did discover there was several different things. So for her, one of the big root causes that was causing problems was obviously her gut. You know, there was a lot of inflammation going on in her gut. So we had to do some gut work with her. And then also this hormone panel, this estrogen aspect, we really did a lot of work to support her liver and to really promote, um, for want of a better phrase, healthier detoxification of these estrogens that had built up into her system. Also, there was some issues with her cortisol metabolism as well. She wasn't metabolizing her cortisol very well, which the Dutch test also showed which is why I love running it for clients. And after three months of working together, she felt like a completely different person and was raving about how good she felt and how much more energy she had. She Her periods were less sore, so many different things. And the reason that she saw such a transformation after 15 years of not making any progress, the only time she felt good in that 15 year period was actually when she was pregnant. But then obviously after the pregnancy and she gave birth, she crashed again. She now consistently feels good because we got to the root of some of that fatigue. Now there's still a bit of ongoing work for her to do in terms of supporting her mitochondria, which is where energy gets produced. But you really want to get to the root of things. And it's really worth saying as well, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but when we're talking about energy, we're talking about the currency of ATP, um, which is what your mitochondria, your, uh, uh, the power plant in most of your cells in the body creates. So we are really talking, and I often talk to my clients and remind them to think about energy like a currency. You, Because sometimes with clients, it's not necessarily that they're not making enough energy. They're actually making sufficient ATP, but it's getting spent really quickly. And there's maybe a lot of energetic debt. There's a lot of debt within their energy. Some clients then maybe not making good amounts of ATP and we support that and support the mitochondria. That often does happen. But also you need to look at how you're spending it and actually thinking about your energy as a currency and being strategic about where you spend it is always a conversation I have with my clients around energy, especially when there's chronic fatigue going on, because that also incorporates a lifestyle and mindset aspects of it as well. It's so easy when you're someone with a kind of more chronic fatigue history, like myself, I have historically spent my energy very quickly and very fast. I would get a tiny bit of energy and then spend it immediately. It's like people can be that way with money as well. They get a tiny bit of money, then they immediately spend it all at once. They just can't save it. And with energy, it's also really important that you learn and take ownership and responsibility of how you spend your energy and learn to make savings on that. And that's something I've really had to take responsibility for and be aware of. And I always talk to my clients about it. And thinking about energy like money is helpful. You want to build up your energy savings. Obviously, this is all metaphorical. This isn't biologically how it works, but it can be a really helpful metaphor in terms of lifestyle management and choices that you make and mindset. So for me, I've had to learn, and especially now, you know, I've got a toddler and twins, newborn twins happening in my life. I need to be strategic 
and about how I'm spending the pot of energy that I have each day. And if I have a worse night's sleep, I need to be strategic about how I spend that. Does that make sense? Whereas we sometimes like to think that our energy can just be this infinite resource. Whereas the reality is we um, as humans are created for productivity and for rest. And our culture primarily um, loves productivity and it doesn't love rest as much. And so we just have this idea that energy is just infinite. And actually, biologically, there is a finite amount of it. And obviously, your body is continuously making it. So you could argue it's infinite. But it, but from that energy as currency perspective, that can be really helpful. So that's kind of like a little bonus point is really changing how you think about your energy can be really helpful. Think of your energy as a currency. And maybe you are in the midst of chronic fatigue and your energy is really, really limited. Well, then just be really careful about how you spend that. You only want to spend and do big spends of your activity and energy, with which I would say um, big energy expenditures would be things like your work, intense exercise, moving house, getting married, having babies, you know, these big life things are big expenses of energy. Going to the gym regularly are big energy expenses. You only really want to do that when you know you've got a good buffer in your savings. And that's what I do with my clients a lot. So that's a bonus point. So point one, getting to the root of your fatigue is really important. And all the quick fixy little practical things that I'm going to share with you will actually be kind of pointless if they if they're not part of getting to the root like you can't just take a supplement and then have more energy if that makes sense but you can take a supplement as part of a protocol helping you to support your thyroid and your gut health that can make a difference does that make sense always remember when you think of supplements the word supplement in itself explains how it works it's supplemental <laughs> it's never going to have that big a difference on its own uh, but it will have a big difference as part of a bigger protocol. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so that's number one. R what's the root of your fatigue? Is it a lifestyle thing? Are you just crap at going to bed? Is it your job super stressful? Have you just had a baby? Have you just had a nervous breakdown or surgery or, um, you know, post-viral fatigue? Are you in a relationship that's a bit toxic and not very helpful? All of these things. Is your thyroid not working? Do you, are you bloated? Do you have gut health issues? Are you menopausal? Whatever it is. Number one. Number two, in terms of how you can support your energy and focus on getting more energy is by improving the quality of your sleep. Now, right now, Again, I have lots of little people in my life, so I don't have 100% control of the quantity of sleep that I'm getting. You know, unfortunately, I can't just like control the girls and be like, you know, mommy wants more sleep. <laughs> Can you just not wake up? Or same with my toddler. But I can control the quality of sleep that I am getting. So if you are fatigued, if you're tired, it's really important that you look at your sleep honestly. Are you, first of all, you've got the basics. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you just staying up late watching Netflix? Are you, um, you know, falling asleep on the sofa and then dragging yourself to bed? You know, there's quant the quantity of sleep does matter and there's things that you can do about it. I'm often surprised by how many of my clients tell me that they're tired and then they tell me that they go to bed at like midnight. I'm like, just, just go to bed earlier and 
you know, going to bed at midnight is fine if you're waking up. You can wake up at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. each day. That's fine. But a lot of these people need to wake up at 6 a.m. and going to bed at 12. It's not enough. So cover the basics first. Then if you are, if there's certain things you can't control, maybe your sleep is a big area of your health you're working on. Maybe you struggle with insomnia. Maybe you're in the menopause and your hormones are messing that up. Maybe you've got a newborn. Maybe you're in pain and that affects your sleep. You know, all these things come up with clients all the time. Then do what you can to improve your sleep quality. Now, really basic things that you want to do to improve your sleep quality is two things. Number one is before two hours before you go to bed, you want to try and filter out and remove as much blue light as possible. Blue light from your bulbs in the house, blue light from screens, computer screens, TV screens, phone screens, Kindle screens, um, anything else that has a screen. You want to filter that out or not use it. Ideally, not use technology at all, but the reality is most people aren't going to do that. So I um, use a lot of blue light filtering glasses. I watched, we don't have a TV, but so if we do watch Netflix, it's always on our laptops. So I have a filter, a nighttime, a night shift mode on my computer. And I've also downloaded a bunch of software to filter out some of the negative lights and the harmful lights in my computer screen. And I wear glasses, but basically you want to filter out some of the blue light for at least an hour, ideally two hours before you go to sleep. This can make such a difference to your sleep quality. Blue light can interrupt your melatonin production. And if your body is um, not making good melatonin, that can just bugger things up, for want of a better phrase. That's number one. Number two is make sure your room is as dark as dark can be. Again, for similar reasons. If you've got, like, annoyingly, my new house, there's literally a street lamp right outside my bedroom window. So I bought two sets of blackout curtains. I'm going to be getting a quote for like inbuilt blackout blinds, you know, ones that like built into the window frame or whatever. Um, because it's so important that your room is as black as black can be, because again, light is a message to your brain. Light going through your eyebrows, goes into your brain and tells your brain what to produce and when. So if you're getting loads of blue light throughout the night, your brain's getting conflicting messages. It's getting a bit of a message of time to wake up and then also a bit of darkness, which is time to sleep. And so you've just got that mismatch going on. So a really simple way of just making it easier for your body to repair and regain energy and detox, which is all the things that happens while you sleep. You just want a black room. A really simple thing you can do is make sure you have no standby lights going on. You don't want your phone flashing. You don't want an electric, a light based um, alarm unless it's a red light. Um, You don't want a little light on your TV screen or on things charging. Literally at night, turn off all the lights in your room and then look at where all the sources of lights are. Are they coming from underneath the door? Is it coming from the side of the curtains? I often nail the side of, I have two pairs of curtains, so I nail one to the wall to make that really, really flush. You might have a little lamp, whatever it is, as black as black can be. And then I also sleep with an eye mask as well. It makes such a difference. I really notice if I'm traveling somewhere, you know, when we used to do that. Um, and I'm in a light room that's just got a rubbish blind that basically does nothing. And it's, and it's quite light in my room. My sleep quality goes down. 
100%. And if you're really geeky about it, if you really want to focus on improving your sleep, which was one of my goals for 2020, I really recommend buying an Aura Ring, which is the best way to track your sleep. Things like Fitbits and Garmin's and any other trackers are often of quite poor quality information and they're quite inaccurate when it comes to tracking your sleep. So if you have a Fitbit and it tells you got this much REM sleep and this much deep sleep, the way it um, gathers that information is just generally quite inaccurate, which is why I bought something called an Aura Ring, O-U-R-A, which uses um, heart rate variability and a couple of other markers in, to track your sleep at night. So I get a thorough breakdown each day. This is how geeky I am, guys. Uh, my REM sleep, my deep sleep, and my light sleep. And I've, and I've had this ring probably over a year now. I didn't wear it when I was pregnant and sick and I've actually only just started wearing it again. But I have learned just from tracking really closely the things that really impact my sleep. So if I eat late at night, I'll have more poor quality sleep. If I have a lot of um, blue light exposure, like I said before, I'll have much lower REM sleep in the night. Um, if I'm really stressed, I have, I'll have much lower REM sleep. And I know the things that really help. So using a grounding sheet on my bed really helps to improve my quality of sleep. Certain supplements, magnesium improves my quality of sleep. You know, I can really track and change things. So if you really, I would argue, if you're wanting to improve your energy, if you focus the next six months just on tracking your sleep, maybe investing in some good technology to help you do that and really improving your quality of sleep, that's arguably maybe going to give you the most bang for your buck when it comes to energy. If you can improve your sleep quality, then you can improve your energy. Now, if you're someone that needs to sleep like 12 hours a night, then that actually is often, you know, there's a sweet spot with sleeping. More sleep isn't always better. The more you need to sleep sometimes indicates the more inflammation that's going on in your body. So again, but focusing on your quality of sleep, not just quantity, can be a total, total game changer. So that's number two. Number three is obviously what you eat. I'm a holistic nutritionist, guys. I talk to people about their lifestyles and stress and sleep, but food is what is going into your body three, four, five, hopefully not six or seven times a day. And that can make a big difference. So with food, there's a couple of different things. There's foods that you can eat that actually kind of deplete your energy. And then there's also food that if there's another aspect of it where if you're not thoroughly digesting food or foods promote inflammation in your body, then a lot of your body's energy is going to get used up dealing with the inflammation that comes from eating this food. So for example, for me, um, when I eat gluten, I don't have celiac disease, but when I eat gluten, I get really tired because it's, whilst I don't have celiac disease, the autoimmune condition, my body doesn't like gluten and it causes inflammation in my body so that my body has to spend a lot of energy dealing with the inflammation of, from eating that nice sourdough bread. Now, sometimes I'll eat gluten because other than the tiredness and a little bit, it affects my mood a bit as well. I get a bit grumpier. You know, it's not, doesn't give me diarrhea or pain or bloating or anything like that. So I'll sometimes choose to eat gluten, but more often than not, I don't because I don't like feeling tired. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Um, so food can impact in several ways. And then there's also other aspects. So there's that inflammatory aspect of food, you know, say you're eating dairy, you know, dairy makes you bloated or makes you feel congested or sinusy or mucusy. 
then that is a sign of inflammation. Your body is spending a lot of this energy, this currency, spending a lot of your energy dealing with the inflammation from the food that you're eating. So that's why food's really important. Food can make you more tired or can make you more energized. You know, we all have had meals where you maybe enjoyed the meal, but afterwards you're like, I'm so exhausted. I need to go and sleep. And then there's other meals that you can eat that make you feel like, woo, yeah, ready to go. Let's go for a walk. Let's go for whatever. I'm a bit like that in the morning. I recently just switched over from having porridge for breakfast. So I was having porridge for breakfast for the last couple of months just because it was easy. I was making it for my son. Mornings were mental with babies and feeding and just everything. I was adding tons of protein to it. So I had collagen and protein powder to it. Um, but I recently switched just to going back to having eggs again now that I'm a bit more of a rhythm, got a bit more headspace and I definitely feel less tired for not having porridge first thing in the morning. I think it's just how it impacts my blood sugar. So what you eat can either fuel your energy or it can detract from your energy. Also, there's certain foods like sugar, caffeine and carbs that just generally are more um, energy robbing. Now, caffeine, if used in the right way for your body can help boost your energy. But a lot of the time, a lot of people are quite reliant on caffeine for their energy and can get quite addicted to it and then it becomes less useful. So with caffeine, you really wanna stick to like one caffeinated thing in a day. If you're having coffee in the morning and then Diet Cokes and then cups of tea and then hot chocolate and you know, or a lot of caffeine throughout the day, or even, you know, you might be doing a really healthy version of just drinking four or five cups of green tea a day, that's still a fair amount of caffeine. So caffeine can help boost your energy when used strategically and in the right way for your body. Um, but it can also deplete you of energy at the same time. Sugar, again, it's a bit of a false energy. It's kind of like someone giving you monopoly money where you're like, woo, I've got loads of money for half an hour and then you crash again. You know, if you think about it as from a currency perspective, it's, eating sugar is like someone giving you monopoly money. It's kind of useless, doesn't help and doesn't, it doesn't add to your energy actually at all. You just get this superficial high from it. And a lot of the time, imbalanced blood sugar can be the root of ongoing, that's ongoing fatigue and sluggishness. Again, that's something I always work with my clients. Also something I'm working on with myself right now. I just bought a continuous blood glucose monitor, which I'm very excited about. I'm not diabetic. So I just bought this with my own money because I am going to, dive into my blood sugar regulation, see if there's any insulin resistance going on, which I suspect there might be, and see what foods my body likes and what foods it doesn't. And I will do a lot more. I'll do future podcasts with more detail on that, um, as you can imagine, because I'm going to geek out on it big style. But when it comes to food, deal with sugar. Sugar is a false currency when it comes to energy. Sure, you know, we do need sugar. We do need glucose to make energy in our body to make ATP. But what I'm talking about here is all the kind of refined additional sugars. Yes, it is possible for someone to go too low sugar and they actually need more carbohydrate and more sugar in their lives. But you could argue nobody needs refined sugars um, going on. So sugar, caffeine, you know, are you relying on lots and lots of caffeine in a day? If we're, In which case, really think about bringing it down to maybe one or, or no caffeine in a day and seeing if your energy is better. Again, caffeine is uh, something you really need to personalize. Some people, it's just a no-go thing. And other people can do all right with maybe one, maybe two cups of coffee a day. They still sleep well and that actually does support their energy. 
just make sure you're not really addicted to it because actually you get most benefit from caffeine when it's this kind of like irregular thing rather than like every day at 10 o'clock I have the same amount if that makes sense um, and then also carbs you know sometimes everyone has a different carbohydrate tolerance and carbs can make some people really sleepy so if you are just having porridge for breakfast pasta for lunch toasty for dinner you know there can be a lot of carbohydrates in people's day most of the time from working with hundreds of clients most of the time people are eating too many carbs it's very rare for me to say to tell clients I think you need to eat more carbohydrate unless they're coming to me on a more ketogenic diet okay so food obviously there's lots of nuances to that but number that's number three okay number four is I've got some quick fixes as it were that if you're listening to this and maybe you're like me you've got newborns in the house you're tired you're thinking okay great this is great Kezi I need to figure out the root cause and I need to work on my sleep but what can I actually do this week to help with my energy um I'm going to go through a couple of things like kind of a bit like a checklist of stuff that you can do to really support your energy um when you need it okay so the first thing is I mentioned about sleep quality so just to reiterate those things filtering out blue light get yourself some decent blue light filtering glasses and making your room as dark as possible so that you can improve your sleep quality really important Number two, quick fix thing can be some breath work. So Wim Hof does some great, um, more energizing breath work. You can download his app for free. Some of the yogic breath work, breathing in through the nose or through your navel, those kinds of things can be really, really helpful. So doing that in the morning can be quite energizing. I did that the other day and found it to be quite helpful. So breath work. Number three, cold therapy. I mean, plunging yourself into a cold bath, a cold shower, a cold lock, lake, sea, river, obviously doing it safely it really helps with your energy production guys I've been doing that more recently when we moved house we moved closer to a little lock that you can go wild swimming in so I've kind of been once a week going for a plunge in the cold Scottish water and mean definitely helps wake you up so you know and even if I'm having a bit of a sluggish day and my brain feels foggy and I've been awake a lot with the girls and I'm feeling I'll often maybe just go for a quick cold shower if I'm feeling up to it and that can really help. I find it also really helps if I'm spiraling mood wise on with anxiety or feeling that kind of sense of just low mood and a bit blue and grumpy and anxious, a cold shower really, really can help with that. So that's a great quick fix that's free. You don't, I'm not saying stand in the shower for like five minutes. You know, I often just do it for like 30 seconds, but it can still make a big difference. Another thing that can really help energy wise is I love dark chocolate for a bit of an energetic boost. So I always go with 85% or higher, often 90%, um, as dark, as dark as you can get it. Then you're getting some of those lovely polyphenols from all the cocoa that's in it and a little bit of healthy fats from the cocoa butter and it's super low in sugar. Um, so I often have a little bit of dark chocolate that with like a cup of red bush tea or robust tea. That can be a bit of an instant energy booster partly because of it's got a little bit of caffeine in and is a bit stimulating from that respect without it being like as strong as a cup of coffee or espresso. Another thing that I find really helpful and I recommend to clients and use myself is medicinal mushrooms. So I would use a blend of like chaga, sorry, chaga, lion's mane, cordyceps, reishi. Um, I have a medicinal mushroom blend that I add to my decaf coffee in the morning or to a smoothie or to my porridge when I was having it. And again, that really helps from an immune perspective, but the chaga and the cordyceps and the lion manes can be really helpful for focus and clarity. So I do feel a bit of a boost from an immune perspective with those, but also from a energy perspective as well. So medicinal mushrooms, mainly things like chaga, 
I don't think I'm saying that right. Chaga? Chaga? Anyway, lion's mane, cordyceps, and reishi is quite a nice balancing out one. And another thing that I really noticed a difference of, I did it today and I didn't do it yesterday, is getting outside, getting your eyeballs in natural light for about 20 minutes in the morning. At some point before noon, it really can help set your circadian rhythm. It can be really good just from a lifestyle and mindset perspective just to get outside, especially as we've all been so housebound for the last year. But also it can really help with your circadian rhythm. Again, light through your eyeballs is a message to your brain. So getting that good exposure, that good strength of light in your eyeballs in the morning can really help set your circadian rhythm. Again, to really help improve your quality of sleep late at night. So getting outside for 20 minutes ideally, but you know, five is better than nothing. 10 is better than nothing. Don't wear sunglasses. If it's sunny, you want a good 20 minutes ideally of no, like not protected, nothing filtered, just pure light into your eyeballs doesn't matter if it's sunny doesn't matter if it's cloudy doesn't matter if it's rainy it can still really really help so getting outside can make the world of difference and then from a supplement perspective um b vitamins can be really helpful so getting checked your b12 and folate and sometimes taking a b complex or b6 or something can be really helpful with that coq10 can make a big difference especially if someone has taken statins or is more chronic fatigue coq10 can make a big difference with that adaptogen herbs things like ashwagandha or siberian ginseng or these kinds of things do need to be used carefully because um you can you don't want to rely on this stuff like remember supplements are supplementary but um i have been using ashwagandha a lot um since the girls have been born just to help with stress levels and to help manage my energy adaptogens are really helpful they don't give you more energy they help your body to manage your energy and adapt essentially so if you need more energy they help create that if you're a bit too stressy they help calm you down so ashwagandha is a nice one for that reishi which is a mushroom is also an adaptogen you have things like tulsi and um, that's all I can think of, but there's lots of them out there that can be really helpful from a supplement perspective. So those are some of my quick fixes in terms of helping increase your energy. So what you want to do now, we've gone through these four different things is take a pause, pause this podcast, take a minute and just think, okay, what one thing do I want to implement from this? Cause I've talked about a lot and I do not recommend you suddenly start implementing everything I've spoken about this week in the podcast you'll get stressed out if you're not, and then you'll feel more tired. It'll be totally detrimental. So pick one thing. Maybe you're like, oh, Kezia, yep, sleep. I just need to focus on that. Maybe you really, the breath work resonated with you. Maybe you used to do it and it really helped and you just got out the habit of it. Maybe you're like, oh, Kezia, I drink six cups of coffee a day. And that's where you start. Pick one thing to focus on. Maybe you are like, actually, you know what, Kezia, I'm a bit like your client. I've been dealing with this for 15 years. I'm sick of going around the houses. I want to get to the root of this. Then maybe your one action is to book a call with me so we can work together. This is the stuff that I deal with all the time in my own body because my body is not perfect, guys, especially after it's just created and given birth to twins. It's uh, There's a lot of healing and recovery that I'll talk about more in the podcast as we go along. But maybe it's time for you to work with a professional on this so that you can make progress finally. You know, that might be your action, but have a think. What's one thing that you are going to implement after listening to this podcast? And then I recommend in like a month's time, listen to this podcast again and then do one more thing. 
And before you know it, you'll be like my clients emailing me saying, oh my goodness, Kezia, I have like energy to do exercise or see friends or, you know, I actually can like function when I'm on my period or whatever it is, which is the kind of emails that I get all the time. So pick one thing, action it, be kind to yourself along the way. This isn't about being perfect, but it is about being intentional and taking radical responsibility for your health. Because when you do that, phenomenal things happen, guys, okay? If you want to work with me, then head to keziahall.com, click the work with me page, book a call with me, we can get started. But otherwise, I love hearing from you and I will speak to you soon. Bye.